Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi and welcome to SEL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from robnanphoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well, it's the 10th of January 2014, the first podcast of the new year. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a great holiday season, great Christmas and uh, great New Year celebrations. And um, here we go. Everything's always exciting, isn't it, at the start of a new year, especially for photographers. You know, we've got um, um, the kind of uh, looking back at what we've done in the past year, assessing how we've done could we have done better maybe enjoying uh, the photographs we've taken and then we can make plans on the things we might want to do differently this year different places we want to do new techniques we want to try um, or in my case new gear I want to play with as well because I was lucky enough at Christmas well just after Christmas actually to receive a new camera now, regular listeners uh, to the podcast or watchers on the YouTube channel, excuse me, I'll just have a quick coffee, will know that for the past several years I've been using as my main camera the trusty um, Canon uh, 350D or Rebel XT as it is known um, in America. A fantastic little camera um, and it's really done me proud, taken some really beautiful uh, images. but. Unfortunately, um, it's kind of getting a little bit long in the tooth. Not in terms of image quality, because it takes beautiful photographs, and I'll talk about something about that in a second as well. But things like the um, the viewfinder display. When, when you took, put the camera up to your eye and looked, looked through the, the viewfinder, the little display that you can normally see that tells you the uh, shutter speed, the aperture, um, and the ISO, that sort of thing, had stopped working. So in order to see um, what settings my camera I had put into the camera, I had to, 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 to look on the back of the camera, which wasn't quite good. The autofocus sometimes is a little bit um, temperamental, but overall it was a great camera. But I kind of had the itch for the past year to, to, to get a new one. And um, I've been eyeballing Amazon and the second-hand websites, um, eBay, uh, Gumtree, um, MBP Photographic, uh, London Camera Exchange, all those sorts of things, looking for, for the sort of camera I wanted. And I, I kind of decided on, well, I was flipping backwards between the five uh, second-hand models of the Canon 550D or the 600D or maybe even a 60D. And I kind of decided on the 600D or the 60D because um, 
when I was doing some um, night photography earlier on in the year, I remember I talked about trying to take photographs of uh, asteroid uh, trails, meteor trails as they're coming through. One, one of the big problems I had with the 350D was it doesn't have live view, so you have to look through the viewfinder, and at night that's quite quite a challenge to actually see if anything's going on. So I wanted live view so I could look at the back of the camera to, to aid um, focusing, if anything, as well. But the other thing that really I thought would be fantastic would be having the swivel screen that cameras like the 600D and the 60D have. So I kind of kind of decided on one of those two, and I and I'd made the decision that if the 600D new body that is by itself on Amazon went below about 320 pounds, I would pull the trigger, you know, and I would buy one. Um, I've been lucky enough to have a new laptop recently, you know, a couple of months ago, and that's uh, my first new computer in a long, long time, many, many, many years. But I thought, you know, the 600D is coming to the end of its um, retail life as, as a new camera. I mean, I think they're up to the 700D in the consumer DSLRs on the Canon side. And I thought, well, you know, if it gets below about £320, I'll pull the trigger, and, you know, and I'll buy it. Um, because obviously if you buy a new one, you get the uh, the years guarantee, don't you? And you know that sort of peace of mind. Um, and bearing in mind that second-hand 600D bodies in the UK were going for between sort of 250 and 280 pounds anyway. So I thought, well, for another sort of 50, 60 pounds, you might as well buy a new one and get get the peace of mind of years guarantee. So I kind of set my mind on that. And then I was looking at the 60D and. Um, and then in the in the run up to Christmas, of course, um, Amazon do their daily deals, don't they? So I was looking at them, and at one point they had the 60D with a kit lens for 580 pounds, which is a bit of a bargain, to be honest. That really is cheap for for a new one. Um, uh, and the 60D, what it has over the 600D is um, it has a tougher body, better weather sealing, and um, faster frames per second, and more cross point autofocus things, but. I came close to pulling the trigger a few times on that, but I thought £580, yeah, that is an awful lot of money, especially when you've got to add on things like a spare battery and memory cards and things. So I thought, no, no, I can't. I could you, I could buy a car for, for that much money. So I kind of set my in my heart that I wasn't going to get one. Um, and in fact, one of my goals, which I'll talk about in a, a little bit later in the podcast, is about uh, losing weight for 2014. I thought so, and uh, I've always kind of been saying that my prize for, for losing a lot of weight would be to buy a new camera. But then, I think it was the day before Christmas Eve, probably, or the day before, it might have been the 22nd or 23rd, I was looking on Amazon.co.uk at the 600D um, with the kit lens. And it was going for about four hundred and nine pounds, and I'd done. I went to a, a price comparison site, and I was putting in, you know, Canon six hundred D, Canon sixty D, as you do. And um, oh, and one of the things I like to add: the reason why I'm obviously sticking with Canon because I've got a few Canon lenses, so I'm kind of, I've kind of bought into the system. I've got nothing against Nikon or Sony or anything like that. I was kind of bought into the uh, the Canon lenses, and I went on one site, and they said, "Oh, by the way, but one of the best deals at the moment is Amazon." with the Canon 600D because you get a free lens with it. And I thought, well, yeah, you get the 1855. But no, somebody said, no, you get a free 40mm f2.8 lens. So I thought, ooh, what? That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Because the 40mm is a new prime lens that Canon released last year. Um, that's ultra compact. It's a pancake lens. 
Um, and it has this new type of motion, which means that it, it focuses very, very quietly. So that's great if you're doing video. Um, and it goes between about £100 and £140 if you do buy one new. I said, well, that, that sounds like quite a good deal. So I went over to Amazon and lo and behold, behold and I hadn't noticed it before. In the listing for the Canon 600D uh, kit, so you get the 600D and the 18 to 55 IS lens on it, there was a little kind of bit on it that said there's a promotion on this up to Christmas Eve where if you buy it you get a free Canon 40mm f2.8 so I thought well that, that sounds like a really good bargain because if the camera's £409 and you get the 18-55 to IS lens you know, which I've already got but you know it's always good to have a spare lens isn't it um, 309 and then if you think this, this lens normally even if it was only £100 to buy that suddenly makes the body by itself well the body with the lens the 18 to 55 309 canon are currently doing or were currently doing a cashback promotion as well where you got 30 pounds cashback so we're, we're now under 300 pounds plus amazon had sent me a 10 pound gift voucher to spend on whatever i liked as long as i spent it before christmas eve so if i decided to sell the 18 to 55 and the um, the 40 mil 2.8. I could have the body, a brand new body with a year's guarantee for about 240 quid. And I thought, wow, that that's pretty cheap. So I thought, sod it. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. So I put it in my basket. All the stuff like the camera, the lens, which you know became free, and a, a 32 gigabyte SD memory card. And then the next day, so I think Suzanne was going to work, and I was like, okay, just having a look at Amazon. She said, what, what have you got there? I said, well, there's this amazing deal on the Canon 600D. Said, and she said, was that the camera you're looking for? I says, yeah, but I'm not sure. And she said, well, no, if it's such a good deal, why don't you just buy it? So I thought, right, sod it. I, I will. And I did. Um, it was a Christmas present from Suzanne and Oliver. And it arrived um, a couple of days after Christmas. And um, yeah, here it is. I've got it in my hands. Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the camera. If you're not, you just listen to this podcast on your iPod or MP3 player. You'll have to take my word for it. But it's the, the beauty <laughs> that is my new Canon 600D. Now, it's still just a camera. And in fact... Just, I think, no, after I got the 600D and kind of, in inverted commas, retired the 350D, what I'd done is, you might have seen them on my Flickr photo stream, I, I'm, I quite like taking macro photographs of flowers. And I'd done some quite nice ones, I think. Uh, almost soft focus, very small depth of field focus uh, for shots of flowers using the 350D and the uh, the ring light that I was uh, reviewing for somebody. And I submitted them, and I haven't done this for ages, but I submitted them to iStock Photo to add to my iStock Photo portfolio, which is about 10 photographs, not not many, so I can, can't normally be bothered to do it. And um, lo and behold, after I got the 600D, these two, two, I only submitted two photographs, these two photographs came back as being accepted as being into the iStock Photo or the, the you know the collection of photos where then people can can license them and buy them, and if if you've ever tried to get into iStock Photo and submit your images, it can be quite a challenge. Um, they can be very picky about the photographs they they accept technically, um, as well as um, artistically, and so it kind of goes to prove that even after. I think I've I've had it five years. I think the 350D. It was still good enough to produce images that would be accepted by the um, world's leading um, microstock photography sites. You know, so it's still 
<coughs> quality wise there's nothing wrong with the 350D at all the only issues with it with my camera was that it wasn't doing quite as well as it wanted to and there was a few features um, that, that I was looking for in a camera which you know I've got in the 350D um, in the 600D sorry which is the Rebel T3i in America um, it's got the uh, let me just turn it on it's got the swivel out pop out screen which is um, fantastic which means that you can compose your photographs all sorts of images now the live view isn't the best thing in the world it's very very slow so it's best for, for static subjects um, but you know for doing macro or any sort of funny angle types of photographs this screen is going to be uh, a boon and I'm looking forward to, to using it um, it's got a uh, 18 megapixels so I can crop very well um, the ISO goes up to 6400 and I've already done an ISO test over on the um, rubblonphoto.com website excuse me just taking a drink and the ISO performance is very very good indeed um, it also has something that is brilliant I think which I, I, I didn't have on the 350D you may well have on your cameras but it's kind of it's, it's transforming the way I shoot really is auto ISO which is where you can tell the camera look you choose the ISO and what it does is I'll, I'll be running in aperture priority mode <coughs> say you know and I, so I set the camera up for um, aperture priority mode f8 because I'm going out just doing some general shooting and I want nice sharp photos with lots of depth of field um, but when I've been shooting with the 350D I've really got to keep an eye on that shutter speed and that ISO because um, if I'm shooting in shadow or the clouds go over the sun or something and I'm shooting ISO 100 all of a sudden the shutter speed can start to go quite slow you know a 60th, a 30th, a 25th um, down to kind of speeds where when I'm hand holding even with the IS lens I could be getting um, camera blur or subject blur but with the auto ISO the camera basically makes a quick calculation based on your focal length excuse me and if your shutter speed is going below uh, one I think they do it one over twice your focal length for Canon or something like that so if it notices the fact you're shooting at f8 you're shooting in shadows and, you, and your shutter speed would generally be with ISO 100 will be say a 25th of a second it will then go wait a minute this is a little bit slow Let, let's put it up to like a hundredth of a second so you don't get a uh, camera shake and so far it seemed to work very very well indeed it means you don't have to worry about ISO um, obviously there's certain situations where you don't want the camera to start jacking up the ISO to like 800, 1600, 3200 because you're worried a little bit about noise um, say for example you're on a tripod or you deliberately want to introduce subject blur say with with um, uh, blurred movement on trees or vehicles and stuff like that but otherwise it's a real good catch or the camera's really looking after you um, to be able to do that so I've enjoyed that so I love I love that um, I love the feel of the camera it's a little bit chunkier than the 350D so it's a little bit bigger not much but but just a little bit bigger and it feels better in your hand there's a lot more buttons uh, to deal with which is taking me a little bit of getting used to but I've gone through the manual a few times um, and read lots of stuff online um, and overall is there anything about the only thing that I don't like about it is I don't like the fact that when you're in aperture priority mode for example on the uh, command dial in order to get to the movie mode it, you've got to click an awful long way to go all the way around to the movie mode where I think they should have put the movie mode at the top of just above manual I think or something like that um, the high definition video is amazing um, 
shoot being able to shoot at um, 1080p and look at it look at it it's so crisp and so clear even when you down sample it you know to, to a to a smaller size and I'm looking forward to doing more video maybe even sort of the, the idea of the long photograph as well which is an idea that was um, kind of floated on Flickr and never really went down very well with people but the idea that when you're in front of a scene not only can you take a beautiful photograph but why don't you take a nice like a short piece of video maybe a 30 second video of a scene um, that, that perchance could even loop um, and that can look very well very good indeed um, and generally just going out and enjoying playing with the camera and um, you know I, one of the problems with the 350D I had was the, was if you crop too much your sample size your file size became too small but with 18 megapixels to play with them um, that isn't isn't really going to be happening so there we go the 600D um, expect to see an awful lot of uh, content on robnonphoto.com and the YouTube channel and probably in the podcast over the ne on the following few months about it because um, I'm very excited to actually have a new camera that lots of people have <laughs> and um, yeah now I haven't had a chance to play around with the 40mm f2.8 lens very much at all I've taken a video with it um, I've done a little bit of shooting I'm deliberately staying away from it until I really get my hands and my brain used to using the uh, the uh, three the, the 600D. I've already had an incident when I was out taking some photographs and hadn't noticed, despite I was using my wife checklist, that uh, my exposure compensation was set to uh, one step underexpose, which led to some a little dark images. Um, so I'm just getting used to the camera, getting used to how it feels in my hand, and uh, when I'm happier with that, then I'll start experimenting with other lenses and, and things like that. Um, as I said, um, I've already done, excuse me, just take another drink, a noise test comparison, which you can see over on rubnumphoto.com. I'll put the uh, links to that in the uh, show notes. Uh, comparing the, the levels of noise in the 350D and my new 600D and they are very favourable indeed and the ability to be able to shoot at ISO 6400 means that you know you can shoot inside under artificial lighting and um, and it looks and, and it looks fine so so good enough of me drawling on about my new camera let's talk about uh, the, the main subject for this podcast which is what's happened in 2013 and um, plans for 2014 uh, that way as well so let's have a look um, so how how has my photography gone in 2013 well um, I think what has really helped me this well last year was the fact that my photography was driven by projects um, and that meant that whenever I was a little bit stuck thinking of where can I shoot, what can I do, I always had my projects to fall back on. And I think maybe maybe at times where I might have stayed in and done something else, because I had specific projects in mind, um, that kind of gave me a kick in the pants to get out and shoot. So for example, I had projects on um, Portsmouth, um, Gosport, Southampton and Brighton. Um, basically places you know where I live and where I work and where I go to cover other stores for, sh for Machine Mart. So it meant that you know even like say at lunchtime at work 
because I'm doing a project on Portsmouth that would force me to jump, jump in the car or, or go out on foot and take some photographs around uh, around where I work. Or if I was going to cover our Southampton store, or our Brighton store, if I got there a bit early, instead of just sitting in the car and playing with my phone, I'd get out and um, take some photographs. So this really, really helped me, you know, with the Gospel Project. If I've got Oliver and Suzanne were down the gym for an hour, you know, instead of just watching some YouTube videos or watching a movie, I'd grab my camera, jump in the car and go somewhere and shoot and add photographs to those particular those particular sets. Um, um, that way. Um, so that, that really helped. And the way that I do it is I take the photographs in a particular location, edit them, upload them to Flickr and add them to the sets. Um, and then if I'm really pleased with the photographs, I then add them to something called Rob Nunn's uh, slideshow on Flickr, which is like a, a kind of a best of, and um, and that also gives me a pull to choose uh, my kind of my best of certain years from from as well. But I don't only just have titles for my projects like Portsmouth um, and Gosport 2013. The other thing I do is I have lists of places to shoot. Um, and if you use Gmail, there's a, there's a really good tool that you can use for this as well, which is Google Tasks, which is part of Gmail, and you can have it on your mo your mobile phone as well. And literally, I just have have lists of places to go. So I'll have things like, say, for example, in Portsmouth, I might have uh, Copner Road, uh, Hilsey, um, the area around the motorway. You know, all these little things, so that you know when that time comes up when I've, I can actually go out and shoot instead of having to scratch my head and think right where am I going to go I can get my phone out fire up my computer if I want to and I can look and say right okay I've got I've got 45 minutes what where's close to me right I've put down so you take photos around the Mountbatten Centre right bang camera out on the in the car or on foot go to that location spend 20 minutes taking some photographs and then back home or, or back to work and uh, and then add those photos to the portfolio and it's almost been I guess almost a bit like being a, little, a photojournalist in the fact that you've got this assignment that you've got to go off and do and you don't really have to justify it the fact that it's there and you've got to do it and then if I think of any other locations maybe I pass them in the car or I read about them you know I'll add them to one of those lists and I've, I've got like this never-ending pool of ideas of uh, of places to shoot so I would heartily recommend that you that you have lists like this you don't have to use Google Tasks you could just use a simple text document or a word, word document you know and maybe have main titles for your projects like places or something and then underneath that write down as many places that you can think of situations or subjects where you can um, go out and um, go out and, and take photographs um, saying that though although these projects have driven my photography in 2013. I don't think there's enough quality work within each um, project to, to make any type of book or anything from each project. Um, there just isn't enough photographs there. Um, but you know I think I've got a lot more good photographs than I thought I did have now since I've taken the time to go back and review my my photographs um, from the past year and one of the things I have done is I've gone back and I've looked at all my photographs that I've uploaded to Flickr in 2013 and I've created my 10 best photos as well um, and I'll put a link for those on the uh, on the website and um, it Again, if you don't use Flickr, it's another reason to do it because it's so easy to organise your photographs and add sets. And simply all you do is you create a new set called, you know, my 
best of 2013 and I went through and just looked at all the photographs that, that were there um, and just added ones that I thought were good to the set and I think I started off probably with about 30 photographs and then I said no it's 10 my top 10 and then you've simply got to delete well not well, you don't actually do them again but take them out of the set till eventually um, you end up with a with a series of photographs um, that, that are, are your best for that year and um, I tell you, why don't we um, We've got enough time, so why don't we have a look at them anyway? I know this is going to be a little bit odd for um, uh, for a podcast, but if I describe the photographs, maybe um, that, that will help. So the earliest photograph that's in this top ten is one called View Towards Fairham, um, which I took, funnily enough, in Fairham. Uh, sorry, View Towards Fairham Council Building, That that's it. And I took this at the back of the Fairham shopping centre up towards the kind of mini skyscraper where Fairburn Council is and I quite like it because it's it's black and white it's got some nice curves of the path leading away from the uh, from the viewpoint of the camera there's some nice trees around there and then you've got the focal point I guess it's probably the building in the distance but there's some nice shadows falling across the subject as well um, my next uh, photo is one called Burnaby Building in Portsmouth and I like this because again it's another black and white but it's an architecture shot of a very it's uh, the, the building must be uh, a white i think so there's lots of contrast between the white of the building on one side that's in sunlight and the uh, the shadow of the other side of the building and also there's what i really like about it there's people wandering around it there's bmx's um wandering around the building which is really good um another one of my favorites is telephoto capture of sunset and leon solon and this is probably my most successful photo of um, 2013. I took this down at Leon Solent, bang the old telephoto lens on. It was a particularly colourful sunset and I zoomed in on the horizon. I was just lucky the fact that the sun went down behind a tree and the sun's gone from the photo but what it did leave was it was almost like a pink halo around the tree and then the rest of the the sky was like this golden yellow colour and I was very lucky that the photo got picked up by the Flickr blog and I think the Flickr fo Facebook page as well and I think the, the photo ended up with like something like 14,000 views you know which is which is an awful lot for me um, another favorite photo was, was of this it's a black and white shot down at the beach between um, Leon Sonnet and Stokes Bay and it's like this concrete mushroom shaped structure um, with this viewing um, I guess uh, tower in the background and it's an area that's it's brown down area that's owned by the military where they do these um, little exercises they do lots of um, amphibious assaults and I, I'm not quite sure what this structure is for but it's quite dramatic um, in its shape and in a similar sort of area actually another one of my favorites in my top 10 was it's it's a concrete building and there's two rectangular symmetrical uh, windows that are looking out there's no glass in them and it's looking out over the beach and I you know I quite like that photo and then there's a picture of St Dunstan's Church which I think was in Paul and it, I'm looking up it's this it's this big red brick church there's this massive stained glass window it's a black and white photograph though and it's all very imposing um, and structural and uh, yeah I quite like that one and there's one that's called red petal against purple leaf macro one of my flower macros but this one it's just about the contrast of red against the blue and the only thing in the photograph that's 
in focus is the tip of this petal which is moist with dew I guess um, it almost looks like a little tongue that's sticking up but I like that one and then another flower macro which is a black and white one which is a rose macro study which I really like and the, the rose is kind of uh, the the focal point of the rose is the centre but it's right down in the bottom right hand corner of the photo that's nice and sharp and the rest of the photo falls off into softness um, my <coughs> excuse me just take a quick drink my penultimate favourite photo is a photo I took of John's from Works CBR 600 because um, he was selling it on some nice photos and it was my first attempt really to take anything like this and it's a yellow motorbike but against a red brick wall taken during the day but I used my flash off camera flash with I think I used an umbrella actually sort of camera right and above um, to darken down the background but then light up the bike to make it um, stand out and I think it looks pretty good might have used a, a probably could have used a second flash but you know my first real successful attempt at trying to light quite such a big subject and then finally a photograph that I took just before uh, the end of the year which is of a kite surfer um, telephoto shot black and white and he's just hit a wave and he's one-handed and he's going up so um, yeah a nice um, a nice selection of photos I think and um, yeah a, a successful year no, nothing really absolutely fantastic but you know a nice nice set of photographs so you know I guess then you know the next question is what am I going to be doing for 2014? And I think photo, it's going to, again, my photography is based around projects, so I've got a list of different things I'm going to be working on. Um, and there's still going to be some based around locations where I work and where I live because, you know, that's just too good a photo opportunity to miss. You know, the fact that I can go out every lunchtime and take photographs around Portsmouth, you know, I'm not going to, not going to let that go. But I think my sort of extra projects are going to be based around roads this year and locations on or around those roads because there's some there's some interesting roads around around here so you know the first one will be on the A32 which is the main road that leads out of Gosport up through Fareham and up into up through Hampshire and there's lots of little villages and lots of little places the A27 which runs sort of east to west or west to east across <coughs> the south coast which is which has got lots of different places the a3 which starts right down um on the on the on, on the south of um <coughs> in the south of portsmouth then winds its way through portsmouth and then goes up again ends up in london the a3 and then there's the a3023 which is in hailing island and the a33 which is in southampton now in 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 britain if if you don't know the roads have um, have numbers but also then you might have the local road name as well so for example um, <laughs> the A3 at some point you know its main name on a map is the A3 but it could also be called the London Road as, as it changes um, and motorways are M so you'd have M27, M3, M1 something like that um, more important roads are A roads and then little smaller roads are B roads but I think by having um, roads as my projects, it will give me an opportunity to do as little or as much as I want to, you know, because a road like the A3, I can hit it locally very quite easily. But then, you know, if I want to go further afield, you know, the opportunity is there. Um, other projects we're going to be working on is submitting um, again to 
the stock sites i stock photo and um and big stock photo simply because I know that you could argue that they're not great for photography because of the uh, the pitiful wages that uh, the payments you get but you know it is a way for me to earn some money from my photography and I like the technical challenge as well of getting photos into into there and I've had I think 10 photos on iStock Photo for a good few sort of three years and I think I've only made $12 so it's not really about the money it's more about the challenge of getting them in. Um, there's uh, a magazine in the UK called Amateur Photography and they're doing a photographer of the year competition that starts in February and sod it I'm going to have a go at it this year I'm going to dive in and use that to drive my uh, my portfolio and as I said before although my project's going to be based around roads. I'm still going to have projects on Gosport, Fairham, um, night photography, the moon and the stars. I'm going to do some of that this year, definitely. Um, studio portraits, that's a, a, a photography. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, I've got a bit of a tickly cloth. And neon lit. So I'm going to go out in the evenings and take photos of various things around Gosport and Fairham and Portsmouth. I'm thinking petrol stations, um, uh, the the night skylight stuff like that and I'll let's see if I can take pictures of those sort of things without without getting arrested. Personal projects for 2014. Uh, it's really about losing weight to be honest. I've got up to quite a heavy weight. I'm about 16 and a half stone now, which is probably the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And my aim is to get down to something like 14 stone over the next few months. But I've got a plan for that. I'm going to be trying to add a lot more content to YouTube um, a couple of videos a week and getting a lot more involved in Twitter and Google Plus by adding uh, hopefully interesting clips to that <coughs> I'm going to be making the um, posts on robnonphoto.com the articles, the reviews stuff a lot longer and a lot better I think I've been quite guilty in the recent past of doing videos for YouTube which can be quite long, well, I say quite long, you know, maybe 10 to 20 minutes and then on the robinonphoto.com blog all I really do is just post the video with a short description underneath um, and I don't think that's really, excuse me, fair on the blog, you know, I should be putting more effort in more detailed um, articles and I think the Canon 600D versus the 350D noise test was an example of that, so if you go over to robinonphoto.com you'll see that that is a lot more in depth um, there's a lot more example photographs that you can look at and uh, the article itself stands on its own two feet and the video that, that I recorded at the, uh, to, to complement it, they complement each other they both stand by themselves um, and, um, and obviously with this new camera and new lens I'm going to have pl plenty of opportunity for fresh content on robnonphoto.com and YouTube um, maybe a little bit controversial I think I've got to try and clear some of my excess camera gear this year. I've got so much stuff in terms of film cameras and maybe even some digital accessories that I just don't use that's just filling up space that I should really free up the, 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 the cash and um, maybe sell them, sell some of it off and invest in something something else. Although actually my, I think my new reward for losing weight will be something like a super wide angle lens like a Sigma 20, 10 to 22 or something like that but let's let's see how that goes okay so that's it really for me for this month on the uh, 
uh, SEL Photography Podcast. If you've got ideas for what your projects are going to be, you know, drop me a line, scalespeeder at dmo.com, or make some comments on, on the blog, or go over to the Flickr group, and, um, and we'll start a new thread there. Um, thanks to Everyday Jones for their contribution. They do the intro and outro music. Thanks to everybody for posting the reviews on iTunes and adding the little stars. That's really good. Thanks to everybody for taking part on the Flickr photo group, putting their fantastic photos into the pool and taking part in the, the, the photo assignments. Much appreciated. But most of all, thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast my name's rob from robnonphoto.com and hopefully pretty soon i'll see you on flicker